I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In April of 2023, in the midst of one of the worst weeks of her life, Anella Malik flew to Memphis on a previously scheduled work trip. Anella is a full-time food and travel influencer. She makes a living by jetting around the world, visiting beautiful places, eating delicious meals, and sharing those experiences with her social media followers. It's her dream job, but it's still a job. And with everything going on, Anella would have preferred to sit this trip out. Except she knew she would need the money. And as soon as that trip was over, I could be like, okay, I finished that project, which means I'll be able to invoice it soon. Then I thought, now I get to take care of myself. Not long after her return... Anella let her followers know what she meant. She made a post announcing that she was leaving Portland, Oregon, where she'd been living with her husband for the past six months. She was moving across the country to northwest Arkansas to start a new life, to start over on her own. Anella was getting divorced. From the Boston Globe and PRX, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. There's a piece of advice you hear sometimes when people suffer a loss. Often it refers to the death of a loved one, but you hear it with major separations as well. The advice is this. Don't make any big life decisions for one year. I get that idea. But also, how are people supposed to press pause for a full 12 months while they process their grief? Life keeps going, and some decisions can't wait that long. Sometimes you can't even start processing until you make some bold moves. Those can be hard, overwhelming, emotionally draining, and you know what else? Expensive. If you're living with a partner and there's a breakup, you cannot wait on housing for a year, obviously. You might need a car. You might have to hire a lawyer. Even in small-scale breakups, where you're not sharing a home, you might still have to make some investments in a better life. When I asked readers and listeners about how they spent money after a breakup, I got some responses. The one I related to most was from a person who sent me an itemized list of breakup purchases. 
She said she had dropped big bucks on Stevie Nicks tickets so she could hear Landslide live. Also, $120 for pre-made food for her teenager so she didn't have to cook while crying. Oh, and there was also $50 for new underwear. Totally understandable. I get it. I have bought so many things, from the practical to the most seemingly unimportant stuff, after the end of a relationship. It's one of the reasons my library is so big. When I am dumped, I like to buy a lot of books. And this is why I have always felt that there should be a tax exemption for people who go through breakups. I don't know what the accountants would say about how this would work. But to me, self-care expenses are every bit as legit as business expenses. The dumped should be able to write stuff off. I want to tell the story of Anella, the woman you heard at the beginning, because Anella is very fresh off a breakup. A breakup that happened only a few weeks before we talked. In the last episode, we heard two people talk about the expenses that come with dating. Today, the flip side, the cost of a breakup, from the little stuff to the very big. Hi, my name is Anella, and I am newly relocated to Northwest Arkansas. I am 32, and I'm a full-time influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it. This is probably unnecessary, but just for listeners who may not fully be in the know about your industry, can you sort of explain how it works, like in general terms, when you're a travel and food influencer? Yeah, so influencing in general is interesting because most of the influencers and creators I know, most of the content you see on their platforms, they're not being paid for. We share because we love it, right? We have stories we want to tell. In other cases, Anella gets paid to promote certain brands and destinations. And so a typical timeline for me would be like, say it's it's May now. May, we're pitching, negotiating, finalizing the details. June or July, I would travel and create the content. July, August, the content goes up, and then we get to invoice for it. You know, that's the world of freelancing. Anella has over 250,000 followers combined on Instagram and TikTok. She's eaten street food in Peru, watched the sunrise over the Sahara Desert, made lifelong friends in Jordan. She is a true citizen of the world. Back before she became such a prominent adventurer, Anella was the youngest sibling in a big, boisterous household. Always music playing, lots of like memories in the kitchen. My whole family really likes food and likes to cook, which I think is why eventually I ended up being a content creator that focuses on food and travel. We lived in so many places. I was born in Hawaii. We eventually left Hawaii um, and moved to Vermont. And then we eventually left Vermont and we moved to North Carolina. And then we eventually left North Carolina and we moved to Arizona. My dad had really severe asthma. So I think a lot of my childhood moves were centered around like finding a place where not just him, but like by extension, all of us could be healthy. With each move, Anella's parents had to find new work, mostly in the service industry. My parents were the type of parents who, like, we had a garden and we all had to work in the garden on the weekends or in the summer. And we grew our own food and 
Yeah, we didn't have a lot of financial privilege, though I would say that I also didn't feel very much financial insecurity either. I think my parents insulated us from a lot of that. Another thing Anella doesn't spend much time thinking about as a kid is romance. I was never one of those kids, especially I think a lot of girls, like who dream about their wedding or their boyfriends. I, I didn't have those kind, like a lot of those fantasies, right? When I was young and I thought about the future, I thought about the things I wanted, like I wanted to travel and I wanted to see more of the world. After graduating from Northern Arizona University with a degree in international relations, Anella moves to Washington, D.C. to get a master's degree in Arab studies at Georgetown. She plans to make her childhood goal a reality and see the world on the government's tab as a U.S. diplomat. At this point, she's in her early 20s. She's casually dating and having fun. She's not thinking at all about a serious relationship when, in the second year of her master's program, she meets a guy... I'm going to call Evan. I remember he walked in and he was tall and seemed very self-assured. But when I talked to him, he also seemed very kind. And I was into it. <laughs> that that was it. <laughs> but how did it evolve from there? So I was a year above him in grad school. And I am not shy, is how I would describe myself. <laughs> so I essentially flirted with him outrageously, like his first week in our program. And he was like, no thanks. Like, I'm new. I don't know anything about this place or you or like, chill girl. But toward the end of Anella's program, after she and Evan had spent the year getting to know each other, Anella notices he's sending out some new signals. Literally one day, after being very platonic friends, I remember being like, I think he likes me. And that's weird because I thought that avenue was closed. <laughs> and so me being me, I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue it again. Anella and Evan start dating, and pretty quickly, things get serious. And then a lot of stuff happens. In 2017, Anella begins her first tour of service as a U.S. diplomat in Amman, Jordan. Evan comes with her. For about two years, Anella works out of the American Embassy in Amman. She's interviewing applicants for visas and processing their applications. When she isn't working, she and Evan take trips to explore other parts of the Middle East. It's during this period that Anella starts to play around with video production and posting on social media. At first, it's for public diplomacy work connected to her job, like videos for the U.S. Embassy's Facebook page. But steadily, it becomes more than that. She starts posting on her own social media channels and begins building a real following. Anella and Evan return to the U.S. in 2019. They publicly celebrate their marriage at a historic home in Portland, Oregon, before moving back to D.C. to start their life together as husband and wife. Don't answer this question if it is painful, but what was it about him that made you interested in wanting to get married? <laughs> oh, so many things. Um, I am extremely independent and driven. And before I had 
dated my ex, that was pretty difficult to date, like to date a woman who is going to move overseas, who wants to travel, even if that means without you. I found that a lot of men struggled with that. And he didn't. He always supported me making the kind of life I wanted for myself. So I was attracted to that. He's very kind and thoughtful. And we have a lot of shared interests. That's how we ended up in the same graduate program. We both lived in the Middle East, studied there before. um, And we both kind of feel at home there in a way. And he is so funny. (laughs) To this day, he can make me laugh until I cry. Full transparency. Before our interview, Anella made it clear to me that she did not want to say anything that would paint her ex in a negative light. During our conversation, she made sure to emphasize that the two of them had a supportive relationship. Like when Anella tells Evan in the pandemic, I think I'd like to quit the Foreign Service and pursue this influencer thing full time. He says, go for it. Follow your dreams. And later, when Evan wants to move to Portland in 2022 to be closer to his parents, Anella agrees. As a young married couple in Portland, they cook meals together, take walks, enjoy biking. They take care of two cats they'd adopted in Jordan. So I want to get to this place in figuring out sort of the conversation that led to divorce. And if you want to sort of think about how you want to frame that or just talking about how this came up and what happened. I don't really know how to talk about this because it's very fresh, Mm -hmm. but also because I will say I was extremely surprised. Okay. So it felt like just a huge shock. Okay. And so for me, it's like, I felt very blindsided. I'll say. Okay. So it was not a situation where conversations led to a decision. It was... There was no conversation. (laughs) Okay. Then what happened seems like a very general question, but you are shocked by this conversation... You have to make a lot of logistical choices pretty quickly, I would imagine. What are some of the things you were confronted with after you had this conversation? To me, I went into survival mode. And my first thought was, where am I going to (laughs) live? It's the first of many big decisions Anella suddenly has to make. After several years of marriage, of shared expenses, of a shared sense of stability... Now everything is up in the air. Her story continues after the break. Okay, we're back. So, Anella is processing this shocking, devastating news. Her marriage is ending. Her first thought, logically, is, where do I go now? But before she can figure that out, she has to leave town for work just three days after Evan asks for a divorce. And I didn't want to cancel because it was paid. And I realized that moving was going to cost me a lot of money and starting over was going to be very expensive. 
So (laughs) in what I will say is like the worst week of my life since my dad died, I took that trip. Thankfully, one of my best friends flew out to meet me. I texted her, I need you. And she like booked a ticket. And so I went to do my, you know, influencer work. I went to this city and like had this incredible itinerary that I think I would have enjoyed a lot more if it was a different stage of my life. When she gets back to Portland, Anella stays with friends while she figures out next steps. She's crying herself to sleep every night. She needs her own space, physically and emotionally. And I decided I didn't want to stay in Portland. It's not a city I would have come to on my own. And I don't regret going to Portland. I think you make compromises in relationships, but I didn't want to stay. And I had to narrow down, where do I want to go? Thankfully, I can work from anywhere. And I thought about going back to D.C. I absolutely love D.C., but it's really expensive. And in this stage of my life, I didn't want to commit to signing a lease somewhere with that high of a cost of living. Anella does have some prior experience with moving that she can draw on. A few years earlier, when she and Evan had decided they'd wanted to leave D.C., they'd made a list of things they wanted in a home. Access to nature, bike paths, and a strong sense of community topped the list. In their research, one place kept popping up, Northwest Arkansas, perhaps best known as the birthplace of Walmart. It just so happened that Northwest Arkansas had a relocation assistance program that actually paid you to move there. I applied for that at like 11 p.m. one night on a whim. (laughs) And we got it. And we visited and we were like, well, we really like it. So we will move there. And we did really like it here. So when I was thinking about leaving Portland and I thought about what I wanted, I said... Why would I not go back to Northwest Arkansas? I like the lifestyle here. I do have a network of friends here that I know from before who have been incredible since I got here. For me, coming from a major city, it was more affordable. So I made the decision Northwest Arkansas and I used airline miles I had to book a flight here just to get myself here as fast and as cheaply as possible so I could start looking at apartments. Just so I know the timeline, how recently was the conversation And how recently was the move? The conversation was about a month ago. And I moved about a week later when it was apparent that there was no going back. To some people, moving across the country within a week might sound quick. Because remember, conventional wisdom tells us, process first, big decisions later. Take your time. But time is a luxury Anella felt she could not afford. I actually don't feel like I started processing the grief until I had the keys and spent my first night in my new apartment. Because, unfortunately, I don't think most people have the space to just take a year to make decisions when life happens. And I think... You know, in this country particularly, we don't have a super strong social safety net. Like, I had to think about, oh, like, whenever this goes through, I'm going to lose my health insurance. Because my husband's health insurance from his company included me, but I'm a freelancer. And I think in the U.S. especially, we don't have a lot of time often 
in the initial stage of crisis to be like, I'm not making any decisions. Can you talk about the range of expenses from the smallest to the biggest when it came to self-care and building this new home? So I have a whole spreadsheet. It's my Fresh Start spreadsheet where I track all of the expenses that have come up. There's the, like, treat yourself, go to dinner with friends, get your nails done. But then there's, like, the much larger expenses. It's a car-centric area. I needed a rental car, and I figured I probably needed it for the first month. So the rental car was about $1,300 plus gas. And then I did get an apartment very quickly, but first month's rent deposit, $2,000. The first two or three Target runs where you're just getting... Towels, sheets, like little trash cans for the bathroom. I think each one of those target runs was three to four hundred dollars. We hired movers to transport some of my stuff from Portland. That was about twenty two hundred dollars. So we hit like six thousand very rapidly before I even spent money on furniture. I'm wondering if there's something you have bought that made you think, I have this now and it's mine. And I picked it. A car. (laughs) Tell me about the car. This was like my first big purchase out on my own, right? Going to the dealership, negotiating, being like, this is the one I want. So I got a little Kia Soul. I like that it's easy to park in the city because it's kind of like short and it's cute and it's just mine. I also have to wonder... Is there a therapeutic element, too, of being able to pick out these new things that surround you in this part of life? Yes and no. I will say the hard part is being forced to do all of this at once. Did I want to pick out an entire bathroom at Target at once? No. But did I want to take a shower? Yes. (laughs) But there is glimmers of excitement in the newness, in like the opportunity, for example, to decorate I haven't decorated a home without taking someone else's taste into an account in years. And so now I have thought about that, like, oh, I can get exactly what I want. Like a lot of married couples, Anella and Evan had a shared bank account while they were together. I asked her if any of these moving expenses had been paid jointly or whether it all fell on her. A lot of that money came from selling some of our shared furniture and stuff. Because we both realized neither of us want to keep the really nice bed set that we have that we picked out when we were like thinking about a future home and maybe even like a child together. Like it's just your stuff becomes very loaded in these kinds of situations. So we use those shared funds to pay for the movers. And the rest of this has really been uh, on me. Though I will say I have an incredible community, and I mean like friends and family, but also my digital community, my subscribers online heard about this and within 24 hours had put together like a fund for me to start over. That fund basically paid for like my first month here and getting the apartment and stuff. And that was mostly people like contributing 10 to $15 at a time. I want to talk about that community because... You went from being a certain kind of online person to sharing a different story. And can you tell me about 
the decision to share, to let people into this when it's so raw, and how that has felt? For me, the decision to share was very easy because the only other option was to hide. And I've made it a part of my platform for years that I share about my wins, but also about failing and about trying and about the things that scare me. And that's part of the human experience. Like we don't always have picture perfect lives. Anella's first post about her new imperfect life comes on April 21st, 2023, when she announces, I'm getting a divorce. Over the next few weeks, she invites her followers directly into her process of starting over. She makes a post explaining why she chose Arkansas as her new home. She shares encouraging and kind voice memos sent by friends. She posts videos of herself crying and cleaning and cooking, and sometimes crying again. She gives a tour of her new apartment, showcasing the twin mattress on the floor she's been sleeping on. She shares her small wins, too, like buying herself flowers. It's not the type of content that she built her audience around, or that she ever thought she'd someday be producing. And yet... The response from people has been just so moving and mind-blowing. I mean, I couldn't keep up with my emails or my DMs because people from not only just from the U.S., but from around the world and mostly women have messaged me to say, thank you so much for making me feel seen. I've gone through this and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And there's like themes that are echoed in these messages. One, that I felt so much shame because it ended and I couldn't fix it. Two... I felt like no one understood and nobody really talked about it. And three, I felt so insecure and not like emotionally, but often financially. I never expected this kind of reaction to sharing about the fact that my life fell apart. Like, to me, that's what it feels like. That like everything I thought I was sure of, I'm not sure of anymore. I asked Anella if there are any lessons financial or otherwise, that she's taken from this heartbreaking life change. With everything still so raw, she could only predict what she'll carry going forward. She's too in it to know for sure. For one thing, she wonders if she might be a little less generous financially with future partners. I'd probably be less willing to do things I've done in the past, like where someone was unemployed for a while and I was, I never hesitated to be like, I'll take over our family expenses because in my mind, that's just what you did. And now I'm like, I don't know how long it will take for me or if I'll ever feel comfortable doing that again. Like, that trust has been shaken a little bit. She also feels more risk-averse. Back when she left the Foreign Service to follow her dream, she had a supportive partner with a stable job and health insurance backing her up. That buffer is gone. There was always a cushion, and if one of us wasn't doing well, the other person could be relied on to pick up the slack, and that's how it was. And yeah, I don't have that kind of safety net anymore, so I'm much more reserved financially now. Look, what Anella's going through is horrible. It just is. But I so admire her bravery in sharing her story publicly. 
Not everyone is built for that, and I understand that. But by doing this, because she's so good at social media, she's showing up for so many other people by validating their experiences with breakups. It's pretty moving, too, to see how her community is showing up for her, with messages of support, yes, but also just by buying essentials on her Amazon wish list to help her get back on her feet. I like that she's being transparent about the cost of a breakup. I was very hesitant to make that wish list. It felt weird. We make wedding registries and, you know, you get bachelorette gifts or like a divorce registry felt weird. And it was my community who was like, if you need help, you have to ask for it. We want to help. Like, give us an avenue to help. The items on her wish list range from an avocado keeper to an air fryer that she thought no one would buy. But someone did. The people in my life who have really been with me throughout this process, that's what community is, right? We we need to have those structures so that we know that, like, even in this very precarious economy and society, that, like, we're not alone. Anella figures it will take six months to a year to finish setting up her apartment. Much of that will be with new things, but not all. She's still trying to figure out what she wants to hold on to from her old life. It's not always about deciding what you want to let go of. You also have to decide what you want to keep. I haven't gotten rid of them yet, but I have not looked at our wedding rings. I have my rings. I don't know what I'm going to do with those. Something she is keeping is her bikes, one of which was a gift from Evan, an avid cyclist who had introduced her to the sport. So it's something I really got into for him, and then I love now, and I don't want to give that up. So I kept the bikes. My ex, actually, he did pay for those to be shipped here, and they've arrived, and I've had them reassembled, and I have gone on a ride. And that was, like, very emotional and very difficult, but I don't want to give that up because I like it, even if it's connected to him. So looking ahead, tell me some things you're looking forward to. What travel is on tap for the next year? I'm hopeful that I'll go back to Peru this year. I really liked the few days I had in Cusco. And I would love the chance to, like, drink more coffee. They had great coffee and great chocolate. And I really want to take a trip that's just about me. I don't know financially how that's going to work right now, but that's something I want to try to make happen for myself this year is a trip that's just about what I want or need at that moment. Thank you so much for telling your story. Thank you so much for having me. You can find Anella on Instagram and TikTok at Feed the Malik, spelled M-A-L-I-K. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Jesse Remedios and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith and Maddie Mortel do our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ali Riza. Our marketing coordinator is Maggie Taylor. 
Special thanks to Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. We are an advice column, so please send us your love and relationship questions to loveletters at boston.com. If you like the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or online at loveletters.show. Any message you want to send out to the universe to the person who bought that air fryer for you? Oh, I mean, that person deserves everything. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.